broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. 13 days away for the beginning of the NFL Draft. Of course, that takes place on Thursday, April 27th. Raider Nation Radio 920 will be in Kansas City for all the festivities. Matter of fact, starting on the 25th, we'll be there 25th through 29th. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920 in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio as we are on the weekly. Of course, tomorrow, Cotton behind the wheels of steel. I'm your boy Q. Got you for the next three hours and got a lot to get to coming up on the show. Matter of fact, we're going to jump into our first guest in a matter of minutes. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network put out a piece called the 2023 NFL Draft Pro Comparisons and Analytical Team fits for the top quarterback prospects. And she's doing this for quarterbacks. She's doing it for edge rushers. She's doing it for other positions as well, cornerbacks uh, and wide receivers. But she started off this series, again, a series of four, talking all things quarterbacks. So she's talking about C.J. Stroud. She's talking about Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Will Levis, you know, the, the, those, those big names, the ones that we expect to go off the board very early on April 27th in the first round, potentially all in the top 10. So she put together this little analytical piece kind of comparing these guys to some guys that are already in the league. And uh, there's some names on these lists that it's kind of you look at and, and you you look at it and say, I don't really know if that's a that's a guy that you want to want to be compared to. Like Anthony Richardson, for example, uh, the pro comparison was uh, kind of similar, a uh, uh, Carson Wentz slash Jalen Hurts combo. Right. And so that's kind of that's kind of what she did in this piece is she'll put together two different pro prospects and kind of split the difference between the two. So Carson Wentz, and it's almost similar to his his uh, off-script playmaking ability when he was playing really good, and then Jalen Hurts at the same time for Anthony Richardson. But I'll let her explain that. Like I said, she's going to be joining the show from a matter, or joining the show in a matter of minutes to talk about the piece that she put out on NFL.com, and she'll be actually uh, on NFL Network at 2.30, so we have to uh, get her on in a, in a hot minute just to go ahead and, and break this down. So Cynthia Freeland joins us at 2 o'clock or just right about now. Uh, Derek Schultz, ISC Sportsnet. He'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things Colts and what they could be potentially doing at number four or if they could be moving up to potentially the number three spot or higher. You know, this conversation is about Houston not being in love with the quarterback at the number two spot. Would the Colts make a move to try to go all the way at the number two and make a trade with their division foe, right? I mean, because that's the, that's the same division that they're in with the Houston Texans. Would they make that kind of a trade? Derek Schultz will talk all things Colts coming up at 3 o'clock. 3.30, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She usually joins us on Wednesdays, but she was busy on Wednesday and Thursday, so she's going to actually join us in studio coming up at 3.30, talk all things UNLV. Plus, she was at an event last night uh, where she had to get all fancy and get all dressed up, so we'll uh, we'll break it on down with Paloma. We'll let her explain what she was at, uh, how she's the MC for it, and what she's got going on and everything going on around town. So we'll talk all things UNLV. We'll talk some aces. Of course, the Golden Knights uh, as the Pacific uh, champs right there. They, uh, they had a heck of a, a game last night. We'll dip into a little Golden Knights with her as well. Everything coming up around 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, we'll talk a little NBA playoffs as we've done each and every day so far this week. We'll talk a little Clippers and Suns, and we'll do that with Tomware Azali. He's a Clips beater, Clippers beat writer uh, for Clutch Points. Uh, he's going to join the show to just break down the Clippers and the Suns as they get the week, the uh, round one series started this upcoming weekend is Sunday, as a matter of fact. And then at 4.30, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 in the morning tailgate. He'll close us out at 4.30. So we have a very 
busy lineup for you today. Excited about. Plus, we'll have plenty of uh, calls and texts as well in between all the guests that we have lined up at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Cynthia Freeland in a matter of seconds, Derek Schultz at 3, Paloma Villacana 3.30, Tomer Azadley at 4 o'clock, and Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 4.30. So with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So while we effort Cynthia Freeland, and she should join the show in a matter of seconds, I did want to throw the show question out there to you, and you can start thinking about it and hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We really don't know how good or bad a draft is really right for a couple seasons. Even though you feel like you have a pretty good idea coming out of round one, coming out of round two, when the whole weekend's over, we get back on Monday, we're like, yeah, this team had a really good draft, or this team had a really good draft. Really don't know the extent of how good or how bad it could be for a couple seasons to see how it all shakes out. But in your mind, Raider Nation, what would make you feel like this draft was a success? What do the Raiders have to do? What does Dave Ziegler, what does Champ Kelly, what does Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham and company have to do or come away with in the draft coming up in less than two weeks to make them make you feel like it was a successful draft? That's the question that I throw out there to you at 69187, keyword R. Again, again 69187, keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines, as promised, from NFL Network is Cynthia Freeland. And, Cynthia, thanks so much for your time. It's always great to catch up with you. We appreciate you. And I was checking out NFL.com and saw your piece, 2023 NFL Draft. Pro comparisons and analytical team fits for top quarterback prospects. And before we get into it and kind of compare and contrast, how did this whole formula come up with the analytical side of things as you were comparing and contrasting with the pros that are in the league right now as opposed to the prospects that are going to be coming up? Yeah, so I've created a model that I I actually use two comps. So it kind of crosses, like, think of when you play Madden and you kind of you have, like, your running back, and then you add on, like, a specific feature of, like, a wide receiver, and you get some, like, Derrick Henry and cross with, you know, Devontae Adams, for example, and you just get some, some, some interesting cross, right? But ultimately, what I did was I took all the players in the NFL, I made a, a really nice profile of each one, and then I backtraced their resumes to college, so what we knew about them at the time, but based on who they became in the league. And then ultimately what I did was look for doppelgangers, so people who were very similar, had similar attributes to those that were already in the league. So when folks look at it, and even when I looked at it, I know there was a couple, and I looked at it, I said, wow, I don't know if that's really, you know, I don't know if that's really mm-hmm. the, the sexiest comparison right there. Would you say that this, uh, this draft class, when it comes to the quarterbacks, is a little bit down, or, or do you think it's going to level out and be okay? You know, it's funny because it's really all about the opportunity that each one gets. I mean, if you look at someone like Dak Prescott, who is one of the comps that comes up in mind, you know, remember, when he was coming out of college, nobody thought he was going to be this, like, ridiculous talent with, that's worth, like, hundreds of millions of dollars, right? But he had the opportunity when he was folded into that Cowboys offense behind that amazing O-line, and he didn't have to start right away. He had Ezekiel Elliott there by his side, and what happened was if he wasn't asked to throw outside the numbers and deep or deep outside the numbers until he had already thrown shorter passes and then kind of gotten in a rhythm, learned what he was seeing, got a chance to experience some zone defense, some man defense, a lot of different looks, and then was asked to do more complicated things slowly, not all at once. 
Yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. You mentioned Dak Prescott, and C.J. Stroud was the guy that you were talking about uh, when it came to Dak Prescott. It was Dak Prescott and Jared Goff was going with C.J. Stroud. And, and Cynthia, I think the one thing that C.J. Stroud would probably have over both those guys, I feel like he's really accurate and can and throw the deep ball from the pocket really well as well. Well, you remember back in college, so too was Jared Goff, True. right? So yeah. A lot of that is, you, you can't, you know, look, he had a ridiculous accuracy percentage when he was at Berkeley. So you have to remember, and by the way, he got better at it every season too. Usually what you see is your first year, if you're one of these top tier guys, you have a really nice percentage. Then the second year that you're a starter, it goes down because defenses are used to you. And then if you're kind of elite or better, it goes back up. But he had a nice straight line up into the right trajectory. So that's, you know, Jared Goff is not a bad comp. People, you know, get, get, in their feelings about it, because he went to a Super Bowl, mind you, and, you know, if you were behind an O-line that looked a lot like, you know, for example, the Dallas Cowboys O-line, it, might, it, could, it could have gone differently, and he was a very accurate deep thrower, so the reality is, is a lot of, it's going to matter who teaches you, what the situation is around you, who are the other weapons, and by the way, can you get play action to work, because over the past three seasons, it's really been the new guys coming out, if they can have the opportunity for play action to work, look at the difference between a Trevor Lawrence, between a Jalen Hurts, even between guys who are already really good, like a Josh Allen, when play action can actually work. Yeah, play action is a big deal. Again, we're talking with NFL Network Cynthia Freeland here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So I got to ask you about Anthony Richardson. I'll tell you right now, I know he only has 13 career starts in, uh, in college at Florida, but there's a little like birdie on my shoulder, Cynthia, that keeps saying, he's the guy, he's the guy, he's the guy, he's got so much it's ability. <laughs> DeMond said it's him. But you have him as the comp, pro comp. Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. And at one point, Carson Wentz was in line to be an MVP, and then he got hurt. That's and, right. And we know that the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts had questions coming out of college, but then he just played in the Super Bowl. So it sounds like you feel Anthony Richardson has a pretty high ceiling that he could achieve. Well, look, like Anthony Richardson to me is a very volatile stock, right? It's not like you're buying some GM or something very, like, sort of boring, you are buying Bitcoin, right? You are going on a ride. You don't know if it's going to go up or down, but you know that it could go astronomically up or potentially the other way. And part of that is only 13 starts really doesn't help when you're projecting forward. I mean, even people who have the best intuition for it in the entire world, if they're telling you they're certain about it, they're probably not so certain about it and maybe just would like to portray looking more certain. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're looking at what his raw talents and abilities are, he has so much upside. And if that guy were given the opportunity to not have to start right away, it seems like he's one where the absolute, like the lid could get blown right, right off of it. And I'm not talking about his backflips. In fact, I wish he would stop <laughs> doing those because something goes wrong with that. It's just not, <laughs> not right. necessary. No, you're right. You're right about that. And, and you know, when it comes to Anthony Richardson and him sitting, right, I think we all agree that that's the best idea, but do you think that a team would be smart to get him in, in some packages just so he can get his feet wet in the NFL and get a little bit of burn underneath him? I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like as far as competitive advantages go, I think that maybe they could like learn those in the, you know, in the, in the privacy of their own domain, like without (laughs) anyone seeing it. But I don't know if I think sometimes that burn is good for you. Sometimes I think it's better to kind of take the league by surprise. Sure. Patrick Mahomes played in one game, but we didn't really know what to expect. It was really late in the season. It wasn't, you know, it, it looked 
you're like, okay, I didn't learn anything from what Andy (laughs) Reid was showing me in this game. In fact, it would almost be better for him to go late in the season like that and do the most boring stuff on the planet to kind of get that boring stuff down and not have special packages where you showcase his athletic ability until you're ready to roll out the full Anthony Richardson experience. That's a good. That's another good side of of the conversation there. I I really was looking at it like, uh, remember when Colin Kaepernick was behind Alex Smith in San Francisco and Harbaugh used to roll him out there? That's what I had envisioned in my mind, but with the competitive advantage that you're talking about, it actually makes sense to kind of keep them under wraps for a while. That's right. You gotta keep the Ferrari in there until you're ready to really like <laughs> open her up. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Don't, show, show me the boring stuff. In fact, some of these guys don't have a ton of experience taking snaps under center, so even something like that game speed is actually immensely valuable at you know when you're going to be asking someone to start at the next level. So stuff like that, like again, keep it real nice and boring until you are ready to roll it out. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, I wanted to ask about Bryce Young because of all the guys on the list, I love his two comparisons the most, Tua Tungavailoa and then, man, I'm blanking on the name right now as I have it right in my Teddy face. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy B, yeah. Where those are two guys that are accurate. I know that people like to use the, the term game management as, you know, he's a game manager as a pejorative, but it's not so much for me because Tua Tungavailoa, we saw with Mike McDaniel's system, he had one of his best seasons. So do you think for Bryce Young it would be – the team around him needs to put him in the right system. Yeah, so first off, let's like address the elephant in the room, right? He is not the tallest quarterback we've seen in the sample, for sure. But at the end of the day, what you're looking at with him is he's already played with guys who are next-level NFL size. So when you're talking about game management or whatever it is, you also have to remember what was asked of him. And you know what Nick Saban asked you to do? He asked you to win games. He's not necessarily mm-hmm. asking you to showcase your Anthony Richardson backflips, right? That's not how Nick Saban <laughs> rolls, and it never has been. So at the, you know, when, you're, when you're looking at what happens and, and the, the fluidity and the movement and the body mechanics around it, it's really about are you improving? Are you, you know, he's one of the only guys who was asked to make multiple reads. Like a lot of these guys don't have very much data when their first option doesn't work out and checking down to maybe second or third options. Whereas Bryce Young, not only does he have that, but he's incredibly accurate. He's not even hesitating when he makes, you know, a throw that maybe wasn't his first read, but his progressions are way, way, way more evolved than a lot of the other guys in this class. And then for the team fit, you have him with the Houston Texans. Why are the Texans a better fit for him rather than the Carolina Panthers? You know, because when I look at, I mean, realistically, you have to do things in order, and I I do it all blindly, and C.J. Stroud fit better with the Panthers in terms of what Frank Reich has had experience with, with those bigger quarterbacks, with the, you know, because C.J. Stroud has a bigger stature and a little bit more floor, like the the types of plays that he ran and was asked to run at Ohio State match more of what Frank Reich has done in the past. So it was really more of a system fit with Frank Reich that took that first. Bryce Young would be absolutely great in Carolina as well. It's, there's no, um, it's, the drop-off isn't that significant. However, I will say, you know, the, 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 the Panthers, the difference with the Panthers and between the Panthers and the Texans when it comes to Bryce Young is I think Danico Ryans, well, he's used to remember he came from that San Francisco model where their run game was really, really important. And I think Bryce Young at the next level, you know, it's, it takes everyone a little bit of time to understand that, you know, how to evolve into the NFL. You're not just come out as a fully formed NFL quarterback. So at the end of the day, what you're getting is you're getting you're buying him a little bit more time with how D'Amico Ryans has been exposed to using the run game more. 
Cynthia, we'll close out with this. Will Levis, pro comparison, Sam Darnold and Jay Cutler. Uh, let me know what you're seeing when you see, when you see uh, Will Levis. So the Will Levis comp is interesting because the deep ball velocity is really, really strong. And not just like, you know, we saw, uh, you know, UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Roberts throw like he just threw like a, a laser at the combine. The problem is, is that's, and that's fun and that's great for him. But the, the reality is, is what did you really throw in a game with pads on? And that's where you saw Will Levis have the most velocity. That deep ball is real. It's legit and it's coming for you. So that was a really interesting one. The decision-making is really suspect. He didn't have a ton of talent around him, which was similar to what happened with Jake Cutler coming out of Vanderbilt. Didn't have the same level of talent as some of the other guys in his draft class. But the Sam Darnold USC aspect shows like that deep passing and the ability to roll out and try to make something happen. His body mechanics are very similar to Sam Darnold. And let's be clear, Sam Darnold's first season was almost vertical the entire time as a Jet, and he still managed to have a very nice first season. It is very, very hard to succeed. That was a very difficult situation to be put in, and he did the, the best he could. So I'm not – there's no shade. I like both – like, Jay Cutler's in the league for 10 years. Like, this is right. this is a legit quarterback, and, and Sam Darnold is still in the league now, and maybe people don't think he's as great as whatever, but remember, O-lines matter a ton. No, they do. They absolutely do. And that's why I love having you on to break it down because you look at it, you'll read it, and you'll think about, oh, man, uh, Sam Darnold, he can barely hold on to a job. Oh, Jay Cutler, he, you know, was traded. And so, you know, the, the initial thoughts will be like, oh, there's a lot of shade here, but there really isn't, and there's really good explanation behind it. Again, your piece, 2023 NFL Draft, pro comparisons, and analytical team fits for top quarterback prospects, and you're doing that with edge rushers, cornerbacks, and also wide receivers, a four-piece uh, series, a four-part series. So uh, fantastic stuff, Sam. Cynthia, I know you got to run, get on set there at NFL Network, but we definitely appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to see who the Raiders pick. And actually, maybe spoiler alert, uh, maybe I'm giving the Raiders one of my corners. This is the best fit. Just okay, here. nice this little tease. Alert, you know? <laughs> All right. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Cynthia. All right. Have a great weekend. You too. Appreciate you. Cynthia Freeland with a nice little tease. Maybe she's giving the Raiders... One of the cornerbacks. It's so funny, Damon. A lot of people hit me up and say that I'm pushing a narrative about the Raiders grabbing a, a cornerback when I'm really not. It's just, I mean, how many drafts have we seen? How many mock drafts have we seen? How many beat writers have we talked to? How many different conference calls have we been on with, with draft gurus and they're breaking it down? Every time they break it down, a corner, whether it's Gonzalez, whether it's Witherspoon, or someone always ends up with the Raiders. Because they would be the best player available at that point. Because if the draft falls the way we're looking at it, the two best guys, interior and edge, they're going to be gone. So why not take the best corner available? Oh, I don't disagree. It's just so funny that a lot of people think that it's like this is my choice just because I always say DBs win games. But it's not. It's not my choice. I just think that, one, I know that's an area of need. It's been an area of need for a very long time. And if you can get an alpha at that position, why not? I realize that they need defensive line help. I realize that they need linebacker help. I realize they need safety help. I mean, hell, they need all the help they can get on the defensive side of the ball. And, oh, by the way, at some point they need a tight end. They need to figure out what they're going to do with their quarterback position. And they probably need to upgrade the offensive line as well. I mean, there's a lot of holes still on this team, even though they do have some talent that we all, you know, that we could look at and say, okay, there's, there's some really good talent there. But particularly on the defensive side, they need everything. Yeah, and it's amazing how you how you have the reach and the pool to have people from multiple outlets agree with you and push your narrative. That's amazing. <laughs> it's not my narrative. It's not my narrative, my man. It's not my narrative. It's just I'm I'm like the I'm like the weather man, right? I see the sunshine coming, I tell you it's gonna be a sunny day. I, I see the rain's coming, I'm like, hey man, you might want to have a raincoat.
right? I mean, it's just that simple. And sometimes uh, the, rain, the weatherman's wrong. Sometimes, sometimes he says it's going to be windy, and it's not really that windy, right? But it just it happens. So we'll see 13 days from now. We'll definitely see uh, who not only the Raiders take, but the rest of the, the players in, or the rest of the teams in round one, the other 30, because there's only 31 selections being made on April 27th as the Miami Dolphins do not have a first-round pick. And, of course, we'll start our unnecessary roughness mock draft on Monday with the Carolina Panthers uh, and the Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Indianapolis Colts. Those will be the first four teams that we get off our board. We have our poster board up on the wall here. Uh, Sylvia from our sister station, Comp 92.3, she uh, put the board together for us, so we have it up on the wall. And, you know, DeMond, I thought about it because it doesn't say on the on the poster board, like, unnecessary roughness mock draft or anything. So I thought the morning tailgate might come in this morning and be like, oh, we're supposed to fill out who we think is going to go Because <laughs> we have team selection and selected by. So I thought that we were going to come in here this afternoon and it was going to be like, Clay selected C.J. Stroud to the care. You know what I mean? Like I thought that they were gonna just get, just not know because it doesn't say it on the, you know, it doesn't say it on the wall, and I haven't put it on our little run sheets inside the studio. So all of a sudden they walked in and see, okay, well, I know what it is. It's a mock draft, but we don't know what it's for. So let's just start filling it in. So I thought you'd see Vinny's name all over it, and Clay's name all over it, and Heidi and JT or whatever the case may be. Bobby, I think this guy's going here, right? I mean, I, who knows? If Bobby had an opinion on the draft, I'd be shocked. Bobby's a basketball guy. Bobby's excited about this upcoming weekend. Bobby's fired up about this weekend. He loves the NBA playoffs, and I know he's got his eyes on the Boston Celtics. And, look, there's only two teams out east to even think about, in my opinion. There's two teams out east, and the, and the rest don't matter. You got Boston, you got Milwaukee, and the rest don't matter. You sleeping on the Sixers? I'm not sleeping on the Sixers. I know who the Sixers are. No, I was just on Philadelphia radio about an hour ago, and I let them know that – Philadelphia is our, they're fraud. Did they hang up on you? No. They know I'm right. The Sixers are frauds. <laughs> they're about to fire their head coach when it's all said and done. Doc Rivers is out of there, brother. Hey, it's going to be – I'm not, I don't, I'm not rooting for the Sixers at all. I just <laughs> they're, they're not good. They have a, they have an MVP in, in, in Embiid. They have a guy who never shows up in the playoffs in Harden, and they have a coach that hasn't won since the big three, right? And that was a hell of a squad he had in Boston. But remember, he was supposed to save the Clippers, did he? No. He had opportunity to get to another round with the Clippers, did he? No. You know, he let big leads get away in, in games and in series? No. Doc Rivers is a little overrated as a coach. Sorry. And I think coaching matters. I'm a, I'm a big, firm believer in coaching matters. Doc Rivers is so overrated. He, if he doesn't get them where they need to go this year, he will be fired at the end of the year. I promise you. I'm just saying, if the Heat win tonight, Milwaukee shouldn't be worried? No. No, the Heat, the heat are... are Man, the Heat will get blasted by Milwaukee. The Heat will be lucky if they win tonight. <laughs> Let's keep it a buck, man. Let's keep it real. They'll be lucky if they move on tonight. This, uh, this little play-in tournament fighting for the eight seeds tonight is like, come on, man. What are we doing here? Right? What are we doing? We know who the playoff teams are, but out east, brother, there's two. The West is wide open like some old school TV antennas. And this is with the also, let me tell you this when it comes to the East. I think the champion comes out the East. And the, the West is wide open, right? There's, there's so many teams that you can, you can say. I think when it all says, said and done, I think it comes down to Milwaukee and probably the Suns. If you, if you want to keep it a buck, right? I think Milwaukee and the Suns probably square off in the finals and Milwaukee gets it done. Simple as that. Man, I mean, I don't know how you skipped over Memphis there, but I think they're good. I, I, I just I don't think that they're I think they're Memphis is good because they have the Lakers in the round one so they're gonna beat them 
And then they'll have a little bit of momentum, which you don't believe in, but they have a little bit of momentum going into the playoffs. I think Steven Adams being out is going to hurt them a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's a big deal. So, But they're a good team. They're a team on the rise, man. I was just praising them earlier today. Like I said, I was on Philadelphia radio this morning uh, praising them about uh, – we were talking all things NBA playoffs. It's awesome. You know how awesome it is to do a 25-minute hit on a radio station and not say one word about the NFL? <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. So we d- deep dove into the whole thing NBA playoffs, and I gave Memphis a lot of love, but they're not ready to take the title yet. I think they're going to make a nice little run, but they're not ready to take the title. So many thanks to Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network. We definitely appreciate her. Again, her article is up on NFL.com right now, part of a 4 Part series, 2023 NFL Draft Pro Comparisons and Analytical Team Fits for Top Quarterback Prospects. And I like to get the analytical side of things because I'm not an analytical side of guy, right? But I like to hear that side of things because, well, I'm not going to close my mind to it. It's just not something that I always sign up for. But I realize that there is so much analytics that goes into all sports now that it's something that you need to talk about and something that you need to kind of, you know, put out there in the universe so you can soak in a little bit of it. So I'll do it. I'm just not a big analytical guy. I'm more of a, okay, this is what my eyes see. This is what my mind believes. It's just that simple. But I do want to know from you, 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. You know we don't really know how good or bad a draft is for a couple seasons, but what will make you feel like for the Raiders this draft was a success? What do they need to come out with in your mind? How do they need to navigate through this draft to make you feel like everything was a success? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network kicking us off on our opening drive today here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Derek Schultz, ISC Sportsnet. He'll talk all things Colts and what they might do at 4 and how they could kind of muck up the water, you know, muddy it up a little bit when it comes to the NFL draft. There's a lot of different ways this thing could go as the draft gets started. I think we all know Carolina is going to be set in at number one, and we still don't know who they're going to pick. I kind of am leaning towards Bryce Young because everyone's really confident that that's where they're going to go. And once that happens, then who knows what happens at number two. Right, we had Aaron Wilson on that covers the Texans in Houston yesterday, and he said he thinks there's a good chance that they don't go quarterback at number two. And boy, if they don't, then all of a sudden the floodgates are wide open like some old-school TV antennas. So the question that I threw out there to you, what will make you feel like this draft for the Raiders is a success? What do they need to come away with to make you feel like, okay, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, you know, uh, Patrick Graham, they, they absolutely had a good game plan going into the draft, and they came away uh, winners, right? We won't know the full results until a, a couple seasons, you know, you, you really have to let a, let a player start to develop into the league before you really know who they are and their full potential. But just off top, just coming out of the draft, what will you be looking for? So 702-365-9200, dobbybroke.com, text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Mailman Raider said, Q, what would make this draft a success? Obviously getting a few starters would be at the top, but getting key contributions from, let's say, five or six of the picks, in my mind, would be successful. Doesn't need to be a starter to get a pick here or a sack there, but getting that contribution shows that he has talent to play at this level and can eventually carve out a role on this team. Depth is a big factor to a winning football team. That's Mailman Raider, and I think that's a great point. And really, that's he's describing who I thought Malcolm Kuntz was going to be, 
right? I thought Malcolm Coons was going to be a guy that was a big-time contributor. His rookie year, he had, what, three sacks and minimal a number of uh, snaps. So his second year, I thought, okay, he's going to take that next step. Hardly even saw him last year, right? Hardly even saw him. So don't know if Malcolm Coons was going to take that next step, but guys like that have to step up. Guys like Divine Diablo have to step up, right? Who's that guy going to be? Is he going to be a key contributor? Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a big-time player? Or is he just going to be a player? You know, he was obviously derailed last year because of injuries. Nate Hobbs, for, for an instance, how is he going to come back in year three? How does he come back, bounce back from being injured a lot in, in his second year? Trayvon Merrick, how does he step up? He was injured and looked like he took a step back with the new scheme, didn't look like he was that comfortable. How does he take a next step? So that's guys that are currently on the roster. Well, guys, and this is what Mailman Raider is saying, guys that are drafted, he wants to see them make at least small contributions, even if they're not starters. I think that that's okay. I think that's a fair, uh, that's a fair ask. It's a fair ask, but I think that this team needs more. Yeah, for sure. But they, yeah, it's, yeah, for it's, sure. So it's, that's for me, that's, yeah, that's, that's passable. That's right. a C. That's a passable grade with Mailman Raiders. And I'm glad that he's not shooting for the stars. Right. But to me, I think that in, in this draft, I know that it's objective when it comes to the voting or whatever, but you need at least one pro bowler or at least one guy that you could say if he doesn't make it, ah, that guy, the way people were still talking about Max Crosby, how does he not make an all-pro team even though he has the numbers there? You need someone that's going to be that not just a starter right. but a dude. At least I don't. it doesn't need to be the first-round guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't help where you're drafted. But somebody that they draft this year needs to be a dude. And then You're looking to, for a Tariq Woolen. Yes. You're looking for a guy that might not necessarily be the first one pick, but he's the guy that you know is going to be there and steps up and plays a major role. Yes. Okay. And then after that, two or three starters or role players, however you want to define that production, yeah, yeah that's fine. But at least one, like if they miss and if, if they come just mailman Raider, what he said, ah, you know, five guys that give production, just me looking at the team. That's not going to be good enough to get this team over the hump. All right. I like it. 702-365-9200. What says you? Raider Red, you're up first. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Damon. Hey, um, Q. Happy Friday to you guys. Yes, sir. So, you know what? What I'd love to see is no regression offensively, but an improved red zone um, efficiency. Okay, I'd love to see that. And then, of course, um, improvement across the board on defense. I want to see, you know, more sacks. I want to see more interceptions. I want to see more uh, uh, um, pressure. And I want to see the, the wealth distribution more equally um, across the board for everyone. I don't want to just see, you know, um, um, let's have one beast and Max Crosby, you know. We need mm-hmm. to see other guys stepping up. We need to see other guys um, um, pressuring, causing those interceptions, um, um, things like that. I want to see um, an improved efficiency in our defense across the board. To me, and especially if we're looking to improve our defense, which, you know, that's, that's been the talk all off these days. Right. For sure. um, improving the, the the defense. So if we can concentrate on improving our defense and then the numbers actually show us um, next year, that would be wonderful. That would show that we're taking a step in the right direction because we have ignored our defense for just so long. We put so much emphasis on our offense that we just need to just say, okay, you know what? We're pretty good offensively. We may need to make a little tweak here or there but we need to put a whole lot of emphasis on our defense. And if we can see us jump from, what, 29th, 30th to uh, 15th, 18th, that would be that would you know make wonders for us. So you want to see the, the rookies that are drafted really help the overall team step up and make everyone play better, not even just the rookies, but the veterans as well? Absolutely. Okay. Not just the rookies. 
um, um, but also the free agents that they picked up. You know, we picked up a couple of corners that they, you know, uh, believe could really um, help us. Um, you and I had a little debate in the past about what was most important as far as getting a defensive back or getting a, a, a lineman. I want to be clear. You know what? If we have Jalen Car- Carter, if we can go after Jalen Carter, and I know how you feel about that, Beck, if we can feel good about getting that guy, I think that someone like that is going to make the biggest impact on our defense. But if we're unable to get Jalen Carter, then I agree with you. We need to be going for a defensive back and maybe going after a defensive tackle in the second round um, or somewhere around there. But, you know, uh, we, we just need to make sure that we get impactful players um, for this defense. Not moving up for a guy like Anthony Richardson, who has only one year of production, which was not great, although he's a beast uh, athletically. I haven't seen a beast athletically win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what? I, I, but I've seen I've seen someone in the what is the sixth round who, who looked like he was a mailman um, um, in the um, in the combine um, win what six Super Bowls. So you know, and this guy, I'm, I'm not sure how many years in college Tom Brady started, but I have to believe it was more than one. For sure, for sure. And thank you for the call, my man. It's good to hear from you and. Uh, there you go. He wants to see the the drafted guys help the team in general make everyone better, right? Which I mean, that's that makes that makes a lot of sense, and it kind of goes hand in hand, right? I mean, you want to go get a guy, you want to go multiple guys on the defensive side that help everyone get better, helps Chandler Jones play better, and a guy like Jalen Carter. Let me make no, you know, make it perfectly clear. A dude like that would make everyone around him better. There's no doubt, right? He's out there and he's playing full throttle. Max is going to be better. Chandler Jones is going to be better, and that's not saying Max isn't good. Or great, because he is. But that would help him because that's getting that pressure from the interior. That's being able to have that big monster in the interior when you have Crosby, you have Chandler Jones, and whoever else you have screaming in off the edges. Right? That helps the linebackers as well. As Lincoln always calls them space eaters, right? The, the interior. Space eaters. So they command a couple uh, blockers, and then all of a sudden someone else is able to eat. Linebackers all of a sudden on the next level are able to shed those blocks and go and make tackles. Makes the life easier on the corners. They don't have to pr- uh, cover as long. But really good corners will also help the defensive line get home. So, yeah, they all go hand-in-hand. Hand. makes a lot of sense. Definitely appreciate the call, Raider Red. Again, it's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920-702-365-9200. Hardcore Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? All right, I'll make it quick. Um, you know, you had that guy from Pro Football Network on a while back talking about how you know successful franchises have two to three players. Uh, maybe not all starters, but, like, you know, they're developed uh, long-term into uh, different spakers on the team. So using the same math, that's about 42%. That means if we kept all 12 picks, we'd have to hit on five players, okay? Um, so if I look at it like that and the picks that we have, uh, you know, especially up to the third round, I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't have two, two starters day one and, you know, with potential of up to five guys that are difference makers, you know, maybe not immediately, but down the road. And I think that's a conservative, uh, you know, analysis. That, you know, we, we obviously need a D-tackle, linebacker, cornerback, and I think in the second and third round we could hit all those and the first round. You know, I want Hannon Hooker, but, um, you know, I'll leave that alone for now. But, you know, I'm just saying <laughs> we, we have we have enough we have enough picks yeah. where there's no reason why we should not have two starters with potential of four to five difference makers, and that's a conservative 
you know, uh, giving them a lot of leniency. There should be more difference makers than that, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Thank you. I like it. Hardcore Raider right there. Two starters and four or five difference makers. That that makes sense. And, again, they don't have to be guys that are starting and playing all the time, but going back to Middleman Raiders text, it's just guys that are contributing, guys that will get you, you know, three or four sacks, guys that will get you a pick or two, you know, or, or make a, a couple big plays when you need it. Or if a guy goes down, they could fill that void and you feel pretty conf- confident that they're not going to crap the bed. Right? That's the other thing about it. The Raiders have, and they've had for a while, they've had talent on the surface level. But when you get below that first level, then all of a sudden you get guys that are pretty suspect. Like I'll tell you right now, when Anthony Averett got into the game last year, I was like, oh boy. Right? And that was a guy that they signed as a free agent. I thought, okay, well maybe he could do something. He did all right with Baltimore. But you can see pretty early on, even though he got injured coming out of training camp, you can see pretty early on when he was in the action that he wasn't really about that action, boss. Right? You could tell he wasn't really about that life. I was like, ah, it's kind of suspect. I think Roderick Teamer was that guy for me. Okay. Where if he's in, he's like, ah, yeah, there. It's you a- know who the guy was, and he's not with the team anymore, and I probably shouldn't say anything about him, but Dolan Levitt, he was that guy with me. When Levitt was on the field as a defensive player, it was like, oh, man, that's all bad. It's all bad, right? I mean, he was good as a special teamer, but when you saw him on the field and you knew he was playing defense, it was like, well, all bets are off. It's about to be all bad. All all bad, brother. <laughs> Let's get to these other calls. 702-365-9200. John Train in the ATL. Welcome to the show. What's up, brother? It's been a minute. Yo, Q. What's up, my man? Chilling, man. Doing all right. How you doing? I'm well, man. It's been a minute. I'm going to make this short and sweet. The things I want to see from the draft is real simple. Production and toughness. That's it. The skill set needs to involve usually blocking and tackling. The fundamentals of, of, of football, we need to start our team with guys who know how to play the game and can play consistently at the highest level. I don't want to hear anything about potential or upside. The great John Thompson said potential is what gets coaches fired. Mm -hmm. Anthony Richardson should be nowhere near our draft board, period. No, no, sir, not for us. We can't can't afford that. Come on, 13 games, get out of here. Production and toughness, that's all I got. I love it. I love it. Great call. John Trey in the ATL. Put that on the wall, man. Write that on the wall somewhere in the studio. Production and toughness. That's what we want around here. I like that. That's good stuff. It's great to hear from my guy, John Train, in the ATL representing uh, production and toughness. That's a great way to put it, man. That's going to be the next title of my next podcast. Monday's podcast is going to be called Production and Toughness by uh, Q by way of John Trey in the ATL. Perfect. <laughs> Mitch in New Jersey, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q, how, how you doing, brother? I'm blessed. <laughs> so am I. It's just a little older than you, though. That's it's right. Almost time. All right. Almost time. I, I can't wait to hang out with FedEx. Hey, before <laughs> I get to my, uh, oh, I was about to say Oakland, my Vegas Raiders point. Uh, what do you think about the Clippers? Uh, uh, Clippers and Kings in the finals, Western Conference finals, that'd be a great game. No great way. Series. Not happening. And I tell you, <laughs> I tell you if, if the Rams didn't build that new stadium, I think, um, I forgot his name, the owner of, the new owner of the uh, Clippers has been around for 10 years. Oh, he, yeah, he Bomber. Was, yeah, complete opposite of that bum. Uh, <laughs> Sterling. Him, uh, Sterling. Yep, yep. They would have moved to Vegas. Or, uh, get, out, get a new stadium right by Stein. Stop being sick of bananas to, to, to the damn Lakers. Excuse my language. It's all good. I just want to see, I just want to see everybody make the team, of course. Up get being a top five in sacks that will improve our defense naturally and we'll win more games. And I want to see get a a, a future starter for quarterback. Somebody could be at least number two to 
Hoyle's Bobby Hoyle, might as well be Billy Hoyle for White Man Can't Jump. <laughs> you have a nice weekend. Stay blessed, Rumbo. There he goes. There he goes. Mitch in New Jersey dropping bombs. He was hitting us from all kinds of different angles right there. He brought up Billy Hoyle from uh, Billy Ho from uh, from White Man Can't Jump. I think that's how DeMond plays ball, like Billy Ho. When before, we knew that Billy Ho was actually good, right? Just kind of the way the way everyone looked at him was like, oh, this guy can't play. I think that's you, DeMond. You should have seen me last night, man. Trying oh, to go play come UNLV. on. No, 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 my brother. Come on, man. This was one of those, yo, I got Why do you hard... always tell me after you play? Is this, do you uh... want the text of, hey, I'm going to UNLV? I'll yes. Get, I'll get someone that's not on the run. Hey, can you just record me real quick? No. How about so, you say, Q, what are you doing? Come on down so you can ball. Play you're going to come to UNLV. I don't care. I can't have you out there with Why? me, man. You, Why? You, to make the... you don't want me to make you look bad? You're going to be the oldest person there. I don't give a damn. Who bought grandpa? Tyreek, hey, Tyreek Hill called me uh, old, old school. I'm okay with that. I don't want you, yo, UNLV, I'm bringing old school up here that's all right bunch of 20 year olds that, and we that's right because they'll put you on the bench after they see the way i play compared to you they'll be like oh yeah we don't need you no more we'll just have q come every I'm week tell, well, the point is uh, last night i just didn't have it last <laughs> night was the last night was the night of yo i was putting i was putting hurting on them kids no way you weren't putting hurt i mean some hard, i mean hard fouls oh wow that's all i have for them oh no no you can't see you can't you can't get frustrated and play like that no it, it wasn't frustration it was the hey man somebody's got to do it uh-uh you don't make no sense. Somebody's got to do it. You don't make no These sense. These kids are talking about, yo, after we win, we're going to gritty. I was like, gritty on who? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's the, that, that's all, that's a disconnect for me where it was like, you know, you get on the run. Yeah. And they, you know, it's like, oh, man, we just smoked y'all. So you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. they just won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you you stay on. Yeah, but it was like, oh, man, if we would have grittied on them, that would have made them even matter. And I was like, is that the diss now? <laughs> if we gritty on them, that would have made them matter. You know what makes them mad? Next. That's what makes them mad. Holler out next. But the gritty was the icing on I was like, okay. <laughs> the next is good enough for me. That's what it is. 245. Speaking of next, we're looking for you. 702-365-9200. Delbybroke.com. Text line at 69187. Keyword R&R. What would you like to see coming out of the draft to make you feel like it was a success for the silver and black? We don't know the end result for a couple seasons, but just coming out of the draft, what do you think that the Raiders need to do, come away with? What are you looking for? Just like my man John Tran, the ATL, said, production and toughness. I love it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Two quick texts from Mailman Raider. Hey, what's wrong looking like a mailman? LOL, I walk 12 miles a day. I look good. I tell you what, brother, that's a lot of walking. I remember how much walking I did when I was delivering FedEx, and I had a truck. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I was in the truck all the time, but at the same time, delivering from the truck to the spot. That was enough. And everyone used to say, hey, do you go to the gym and work out? Hell no. You know what job I do? That's all the working out I need to do. I'm good, man. All these boxes. I delivered like 300 boxes a day, right, and picked up about 100 and something a day. I was like, I'm good. I'm straight. I don't need to do all that gym stuff. That's for someone else. <laughs> so I understand, man. Stay safe out there, man. That's a lot of walking. He also said, Q, it makes sense now. DeMond's high school award was for the most fouls in a season to keep the D1 prospects on the floor, LOL. So, again, DeMond and his no basketball having skills, all he did was foul folks uh, last night, as he calls it. Was not playing very That means well. I'm a team player, playing my role, doing what the coach needs. That lets you know that your role is not very good. That's important, man. It's not. No, they – Mailman you, Raiders, you, see, were a guy, you don't see the bigger goal, Mailman Raiders. You were Raider. a guy that they said, well, he's got six fouls. You know what I mean? Like, well, we'll just let him go in there and foul. That's it. Just get him six hard Important. Ones. There's a guy on an NBA team right now. Yeah, 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 but, but you're not him. <laughs> 
But we do want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. When you're looking at this NFL draft for the Raiders, what do they need to come away with? What do they have to come out of this draft to make you feel like it was a success? You won't know really the overall ins and outs of it until it's all said and done for like a couple seasons. But just on the surface, what are you looking for to feel like it was a success? Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our good friend Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. What's up, brother? alumni. How y'all doing today? Chilling, man. Chilling. Uh, That's what I like to hear. I'm out here on my Sparky hustle, you know, because switches be tripping. (laughs) Got to get them straight. There you go. But what I think we really need to see is a a real emphasis on that defense. I want to see them come out with an interior guy that we have confidence in, that can produce something within the first few years. I want to see us get a backer that can run sideline to sideline, cover somewhat, and can lay that wood when he needs to. And then I'd like to see us come up on, on a nice, solid corner, hopefully with that seven pick, somebody to play opposite a hob that could give us a, 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 a backfield, you know, worthy of being Raiders backfield. Thank you guys for taking my call, and you have a great day. Hey, good call, Fargo. It's great to hear from you, my man. I appreciate you. Good stuff. I like that. And, yeah, that would be big. If the Raiders came out of this draft with a huge emphasis on defense, that would tell me that at least they recognize. And, I, and I'm not saying that they don't recognize, but at least they recognize where, you know, the heavy lifting needs to be done and taken care of on the defensive side of things. And if you look at it, and, again, you see some guys that at least you feel after they get drafted, oh, those are going to be dudes. Like if they were to come away with like a Tyree Wilson or even a Jalen Carter that was mentioned earlier, uh, and you know maybe a Emmanuel Forbes, uh, you know at the at the corner position, and uh, a Jack Campbell or you know something like that. If they were to do that, if they were to come away with some dudes, we're like, wow, those are some real deal players, right? Like like Fargo just said, somebody at at all levels, a linebacker that can go sideline to sideline, a you know a corner that can can lock someone up. A edge rusher that can you know play up and down that that defensive line and, and really get after it like that that makes a whole lot of sense. So uh, Fargo, great call. Let's get one more quick one in. Who we got up? Houston from L.A. Houston from L.A. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, fam? How y'all feeling today, man? Hey, we're blessed, man. We're blessed. How you doing? Oh, excellent, brother. Excellent. Hey, um, okay. I'm just gonna make it real simple. Hopefully, we just make the right decisions because if you got people like. Me and my boys that don't know nothing about this draft and don't have professional positions or anything, and we go out and pick players that may have been around for way longer than what our guys have been around lately, then that's a problem. But I just hope we just make some nice, rational, mistake-free picks. Everything ain't going to be perfect. We know that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, besides that, y'all be eating up my Lakers, man, all week, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. What's up? Lakers is six, baby. Sorry, DeMond. <laughs> <laughs> I love the call. I love the call. Thank you, my man. He, hey, he held that one in the back of the chamber, boy. He was holding on to that one. Y'all been eating up my Lakers. <laughs> I love it. Came from the top rope with that one. Houston from L.A., great call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Yeah, coming out of the draft, you don't want to have any of those what-the-hell moments, right? What was that? Who is that? Why? That's too high? Yeah, good Hey, good stuff, man. Great to hear from you. I appreciate you. One quick text. Uh, this one comes from uh, Devin in San Diego. He says, uh, tell Mailman Raider to transfer down south. We got the same job, but I get to drive all day. Uh, he said, also, a mailman. And then he said, uh, they need to come away with at least one impact player and three to four starting caliber players. 
2.56 is the time when we come back. We'll kick off hour number two of the show. Derek Schultz will join the show to talk all things Indianapolis Colts. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.